You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Duma on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Big Show Hour 4, live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls. We have a simple, permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. It's Calgary Flames game day. Preseason games two and three, both split squad, taking on the Seattle Kraken. Uh, I don't know the rosters as of yet. See a couple names uh, trickling down uh, through Twitter at X here. Uh, Etienne Moran, Jay Lempinski, they're listed as part of the Flames group headed to Seattle, as well as first-round pick Samuel Honzik uh, on the uh, Seattle game group as well. Has the NHL contract, so a little bit less noteworthy seeing him get in, but it'll be cool to see him actually in his first uh, professional game this evening. He'll be in the part of the squad heading out to Seattle. Again, do not know the rosters for the Flames here in uh, in Calgary to take on Seattle, but we'll have that one for you right here on the radio starting at 6 o'clock with Flames pregame with Pat Steinberg, 7 o'clock Flames and Kraken. Uh, but right now, we're going to put a bow on the uh, week that was in the CFL and uh, privilege to go down the uh, Atlas Pizza Sports Bar guest hotline. We're joined by Jamie Nye, host of the Green Zone on 980 CJME in Regina and also writes for CFL.ca. Jamie, how are you doing this morning? I'm all right. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing okay. Doing all right. Uh, well, let's talk about it. I mean, hey, uh, you. Both our cities have uh, CFL teams that aren't doing so well right now. Stamps have a dud on Saturday. Uh, makes up, uh, you know, the Riders had a dud on <laughs> against Ottawa there. But obviously, Riders still in control here in the West Division. But I can't imagine how the fans are taking the play of late very well, despite Dickinson's plead uh, to stick with them. How's Rider Nation doing right now? Uh, they, they want uh, Craig Dickinson out of town. <laughs> this uh, organization, yeah. this fan base wants. It's been back-to-back years where... Uh, they've come in the, last year. They were six and five and didn't win another game the rest of the way. They went zero and seven the rest of the way. This year they won a game to go to six and five, and right now they're on a three-game losing streak. So it is deja vu all over again. Um, especially the way they're lo- like they're just mm-hmm. getting absolutely bulldozed on the ground. They've allowed seven hundred and twenty-one yards rushing in three games, <laughs> which is awful. That's a, that's an average of two hundred and forty yards a game you're yeah. allowing rushing. So uh, that, that's the, the biggest issue is because after the loss uh, to Winnipeg, it was, okay, let's see the bounce back. There wasn't any. They got pushed around by Edmonton. Okay, let's see the pushback. There wasn't any. They got pushed around by Ottawa. So now they got a date with the BC Lions in Vancouver. And I don't think many people other than the most fervent uh, rider priders are picking the Rough Riders to beat them this week. What's the, like? What's the feeling has got to be for like Riders president and, and CEO Craig Reynolds? Like it's got to be the pressure the last few years since moving into that stadium. Uh, it hasn't been all that great right now for for the Riders. Uh, you know, hosting the Grey Cup last year, you talked about the collapse that it was again last year. But how's the like the, the higher ups taking this? Like it, it can't be a good look for for like that that for so long. Like the, you know what the Riders were? They were the they were the elite team in the CFL when it came to the fans and everything. But it's just it feels like it's a mess right now, buddy. Yeah, and, and it's the, it was the lowest attended game against Edmonton at the new Mosaic Stadium yeah. uh, ever. Uh, so attendance is declining. The, just the fans are becoming more of a observer rather than they're like, well, let's see how the team does before we buy a ticket type fans rather yeah. than, oh, I'm buying season tickets and I'm going to be there, rain or shine, win or lose type fans. And it's, it, and it's got to rattle the uh, board of directors and uh, CEO and president Craig Reynolds. 
uh, will have to be selling them on the vision going forward. Now, of course, this season's not over mm-hmm. yet. I think it would be a miracle for Craig Dickinson to save his job. He's going to have to get this team to a Grey Cup now. Yeah. Uh, even if they make, the, like, they're probably going to make the playoffs, but but that's because Calgary and Edmonton are so bad. Like that is, that's not really yeah. uh, what the fans are looking for. Yeah, it's like here in Calgary, I mean, like right now, like obviously it's it's been a it's been a rough year transition from from Bo Levi to to Jake Mayer, and it's uh, they're gonna have their first losing season since two thousand seven. Uh, that eighteen year playoff streak, or sorry, nineteen year playoff streak is a. Uh, is in serious jeopardy. What's been your read, really, with with the Stamps group, who uh, have yet to put really together a, a complete game on on in all facets of, of a game? It's, it's been fascinating to watch this team for for so long, been such a consistent group to have the mistakes just just flood into their game this year. Well, I, I think it's a death by a thousand cuts for the Calgary Stampeders. Um, uh, this has been an organization that, as you said, has been you know, winning almost automatic 10 games yeah. per season, if not 11 or 12, like it, it was just book it. They're going to win 11 or 12 games and they're going to finish first or second in the West and host a playoff game and, you know, win away from the gray cup or maybe in the gray cup. Like that was the standard, but then more and more free agents are signing away and it's, it's hard to keep building that roster. And John Huffnagel is doing such a great job of doing it. Now he's kind of stepped away and now it's Dave Dickinson uh, trying to run the show a little bit. And uh, Dave's got a learning curve on how to handle both general manager and head coaching duties. So that's part of it. But, you know, you look at how the Toronto Argonauts, they're flying. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with a pretty good coaching staff <laughs> that was brought over by the from the Calgary mm-hmm. Stampeders. So uh, even Dave in within his own staff has had to try to build up uh, the depth there. And, and that's why I say death by a thousand cuts, because it's just been this player's gone and this player's gone and this player's gone. And they need to rebuild a core of players there that they can have as their standard, you know, three on defense, three on offense, you can build around and then build out from there. And that I don't see that there right now in Calgary. What's your, your opinion on, on the quarterback with Jake Mayer? He's obviously been the one of the one quarterbacks this year. It feels like that it's uh, only been healthy and that's why he has, obviously, the, the, the amount of yards he does. But uh, I, we talked about the inconsistencies. Do you think that, that Jake Mayer can be a, a, a legit CFL quarterback? Or is he just like is this just like a guy that's going to be like a, a mediocre-type guy, get you a couple wins here and there, but he's not going to be like what Bo Levi was to this team or what Zach Kalaros is in Winnipeg or, or what we're seeing with Chad Kelly in, in Toronto? What I need to see from Jake Mayer to believe he can be a franchise guy is late in games, be able to take over. And it seems like late in games, it's going the other way uh, where he's not taking over and, you know, driving the team down the field for a big win. It's driving down the field and then throwing an interception in the end zone or something like that, where a big mistake or a big missed throw or, you know, read something wrong at the line of scrimmage and those types of things where that, that that's what I see in Jake Mayer is, a pre, he's a pretty good quarterback, mm-hmm. but in this league, you don't need pretty. You can't. You, pretty good's not going to get you anywhere, other than you know you need everybody else to have their quarterback go down. Uh, and yeah. as you mentioned, there's been a lot of that. But I like to, like under, in the 26 and under crowd, like that's where Jake Mayer is. Mm-hmm. Taylor Powell's number one. Trey Ford's up there. Yep. 
Um, Jake Dolagali even in Saskatchewan, Dustin Crum, like uh, it almost feels like mm-hmm. Jake Mayer is being passed by all these, yeah. you know, next guys who could be the face of the franchise in the Canadian Football League, and that's trouble for the Calgary Stampeders. That is concerning for a, for a team that just it, just a cycle of quarterbacks it, for for so long from from Doug Flutie. I know they had a little lull there in the early two thousands, but uh, it's just it's been a quarterback factor for so long, and it's it's been tough for sure. We're talking with uh, Jamie Nye, uh, host of the Green Zone uh, nine eighty CJM. Uh, M.E. out in Regina also does some writing over for CFL.ca. At the top of the West, uh, Lions and Bombers sit at 10-4. and four. Season series is going to be decided later on in the month of October. Who do you, in your mind, is going to be ended up hosting this West Final? Is it, still, is it going to be a, a nice warm trip to the Dome uh, in Vancouver, or are we still going to have to go to IG Field for an icy trip uh, that all roads lead through Winnipeg if you want to get to the Grey Cup? Yeah, well, well I, I think the way this season is going... Um, I have not liked the BC Lions defense yeah. uh, of late. And I think when they take on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, there's no way they're going to be able to, you know, if the if the Bombers put up 30, uh, I don't see the Bomber defense giving up 33. So yeah. th- that's the way BC has been able to win lately is their offense is clicking, but against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So if I'm hedging my bets, I'd go with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers coming out of the West. But, of course, they have a big game this week against Toronto in Winnipeg, the rematch of the Grey Cup. It's the game of the week. It starts things off on Friday. Yeah. I'm interested to see what the Argos actually do with their roster because they did rest a few players last week because they have the East all settled up. But if Winnipeg gets by that one, uh, I think that's going to be uh, a hard team to bring down with their experience. And when they have revenge on their mind, it's dangerous for everybody around the CFL. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the Winnipeg blue bombers hosting the West final with BC, of course, hosting the West semi. And it looks like it'll probably be the riders. Probably. To go to Vancouver. Feels like <laughs> it. Um, but like, like, is there, is like, it feels like from this year into compared to like the last uh, last couple, I guess last three years for Winnipeg, it, it, they are starting to maybe show a little bit of sign of that age. And Zach Kalaros, is, his interceptions are up a little bit. Are, is there any bit of concern you find with this Bombers group, or is it still like they're still the team to beat in this league, despite Toronto only having the one loss? Well, Winnipeg has to be in the same predicament as, as Calgary is. Is how how do you keep the train moving? Yeah. And now Calgary did it for a sustained amount of time, which was impressive from 2008 until this season. And this is only really year four, year yeah, year three or year four, four yeah. for the Bombers. Yeah, because uh, 2019 it wasn't until the end they really caught fire and yep. rolled into the Grey Cup with Zach Kalaros. Like they weren't dominant in they 2019, traded for but they were in 2021. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. You know, they had Matt Nichols and Chris Traveler, yeah. and it yep. was a mess at quarterback <laughs> until. Calaro solidified everything. And then 21-22, they were the best team in the CFL. So it's not like they've had this long run of sustained success, but it's about building that core and knowing knowing when to move on from a player when you think you have the next guy, which are some hard decisions. Yeah. I haven't seen Winnipeg have to make those hard decisions yet. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really interesting to see when you know they have to look at Adam Big Hill and say, "Is he worth it anymore?" And mm-hmm. do and do they have the guy behind him? So uh, that's what I'm in- intrigued by with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because um, you know Father Time has beaten everybody. <laughs> it it just gets to undefeated. a point where you get to a certain age where it drops on. Like nobody has defeated it. Tom Brady tried his best. <laughs> yep. Even he had to stop playing. Exactly. 
Uh, you mentioned Toronto there and, and how interested you are and how they're going to approach the finish of this year. Like uh, they're in, they're in rest mode. Like, like Chad Kelly, like I, you obviously want to stay competitive over the last uh, month or so, but really the next game that matters for the Argonauts isn't until November 11th. How do you try and balance the, yeah, we want to keep our, our guy, top guys healthy, but this is a veteran group. You want to get them their rest. And you obviously don't want to go into the playoffs playing like complete crap, but like it, it's a weird sort of balance that Ryan Dinwiddie has to, has to approach here. Yeah, I, I liked what he kind of did last week, which is I'm going to pick A.J. Olette. He's going to take a bye week this week. And I, I think that's how he might do yeah. it, where – it's not, I'm going to rest all the starters. It's, you're going to get a bye week this week. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to get a rest, and then you're going to get a week. And, and keep the team competitive with starters. It's just an interesting decision on when you rest Chad Kelly. Um, this is his first year as a starter. It's not like he has a bunch of games underneath yeah, him. Exactly. He played, you know, 14, 15 games as a starter in the CFL. Uh, but at some point, you have to go, okay, well, what's going to be interesting is at the end of the season, when they have that bye week after the last game of the year, what do they do in the three weeks previous? Winnipeg has gone through this. Sometimes they rested one a group for one game and then almost treated it like preseason, the final game of the season, yeah. knowing the bye week is there where you play the first half and then rest some of the starters. Exactly. It's going to be interesting to see what Ryan Dinwiddie uh, does. Um, but I, I like what he did last week, just going, hey, AJ, yep. you, need, you need a rest. And seeing who really needs the time off and give it to them and see how they respond rather than a sweeping roster change. But in the CFL, it's not like mm-hmm. you can do what the NFL does with, you know, 80 players on the roster where you can just almost do a full overhaul. Uh, I don't think the uh, salary cap managers would like that very much. Exactly. Uh, I wanted to go one more out West. I want to get to uh, with you. Is it maybe out of, I don't know if it's out of line, but it just the way they've played over the last well month since they made the trade, the, the change at quarterback. Do you think the Elks could be at, or even close above 500? If, if they just, if Chris Jones decided to start Trey Ford from the beginning in Edmonton, or is it just, they needed to go with Cornelius, obviously with that contract, they, and everything, and they had to see what they had in him before making the move, or is it just like this team was was bad on paper and Trey Ford's making them better now? Yeah, I think if the I don't I don't know about out of training camp, like to mm-hmm. make your decision, Trey Ford, your uh, Taylor Cornelius is your guy. Yeah. Okay, sure, but they sold us on how close that battle was in training camp. Yeah. But to see them go zero and four and zero and five, especially when Taylor Cornelius is throwing interceptions with his left hand. <laughs> Like, like that's when I was like, what, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on, uh, make a change. And if they would have made that change earlier, I think we're talking about the Edmonton Elks maybe finishing third in yeah. the West. Um, so uh, out of training camp, I think the Edmonton Elks might have been able to beat the Riders twice early this season. Yeah. And then that would have changed the whole dynamic of where we are uh, today. So uh, it was a stubborn mistake by Chris Jones to keep rolling out Taylor Cornelius. Like he, he went with Jarrett Daggy yep. for crying out loud yep. before he went to Trey Ford. That was the issue. Um, so right. If they would have made that change three, four weeks previous, I think we're having a different conversation about the uh, Elks riders and stamps mm-hmm. in the final third of this season. I think the Elks might've had a, a total control over this thing right now. Does Chris Jones still, still pay for for the season if the Elks miss or does it does he think he's they've done enough and they're going to keep him now that they have their quarterback I think Trey Ford is saving Chris Jones's job right now yeah 
where he can look at them and the board and say, especially we'll see how this season ends, but it's like, okay, we got our quarterback. We have someone we can believe in. Um, let's move forward. Let's, let's keep rolling. I'm bringing in these young defensive backs who are starting to get it, and they are. Um, I thought this turnaround would be a lot quicker. We saw it a lot quicker in Saskatchewan than we did in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I think he, he can really sell now, yes, I'm on the right track because I think he might be. Like I, I think we're starting to see him turn the corner of this uh, organization where you can really start to see the younger talent coming through yeah. and the ability for him to say goodbye to some veterans. And uh, as for the rest of the East Division, I know Montreal just snapped their four-game losing streak. Ottawa snapped their seven-game losing streak. Ottawa loses one week after beating Winnipeg. Is there a team amongst the other three in the East that could even come close to beating the Argos in an East final? I, I'm If I'm taking a flyer, I'm taking the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Yeah? Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think, I know they didn't look that well against the, the Toronto Argonauts this past week. They haven't been able to beat Toronto this year. They've lost all four to Toronto, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, but against everybody else, they're six and four. So I, I look at what I'm seeing out of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I really like Taylor Powell, as I said earlier. Um, I, I think the defense is starting to get together. I think Scott Milenovic is doing a great yeah. job of getting the ball in playmakers' hands and taking some pressure off Taylor Powell at quarterback. And it'll be interesting to see how they handle the quarterback situation down the stretch. You know, Bo Levi Mitchell and Matthew Schiltz are uh, going to be healthy mm-hmm. at, at some point. And, and uh, the pressure to put Bo back in will probably is probably going to be there. Uh, but if Taylor Powell keeps winning football games as he has recently – uh, that's a tough decision to to go with Bo. So uh, I I really like how the back half of the season is going for the Hamilton Tiger Cats more than the Montreal Alouettes. So yeah. if if I'm taking a, I'm still picking Toronto to go to the Grey Cup. Yeah. But if if I'm looking at one of those two teams, I think Hamilton's the more dangerous one. No, yeah, it's it's uh, it's they are an interesting group, and I know it's uh, it'll be Calgary's next opponent on Saturday. Jamie, thank you so much for this chat. All the best the rest of the way, and uh, hopefully uh, the Riders make it a, a little bit happier around town a little bit over the final month for you guys. Well, I know uh, your audience in Calgary doesn't hope so. I think uh, they're hoping that they fall out. <laughs> well, of course, Sam Speed Hamilton, and then of course in a couple of weeks, who knows? In a couple of hey. weeks, the Riders might be coming to Calgary. October thirteenth, entire darn thing on the line, right? Who knows? I mean, yeah, the Stamps have the bye week. I know they both have two bye weeks down here. The stretch, which kind of just messes up, like you're going to run out of games. It feels like, but who knows what uh, what October thirteenth could be? Uh, Jamie, thank you so much, buddy. Yeah, no problem. There you go. Jamie Nye, host of the Green Zone on uh, 980 CJME. You can also hear him in Saskatoon as well. Also does some writing on CFL.ca. And he joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline.